0: Welcome to another episode of the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to be covering um, chapters 8 through 10 in the book of Deuteronomy. And before we begin, I wanted to start out with a quick prayer. Father, today I ask forgiveness of all the negative and harmful words I have spoken about myself. I do not want to abuse myself in such a way again. Transform my thoughts and let me understand how marvelously you made me. Change my habits so I use my tongue to speak hope and favor upon my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, chapter 8, a call to remember and obey. Be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for those 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone, and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was hot and dry he gave you water from the rock he fed you with manna in the wilderness a food unknown to your ancestors he did this to humble you and test you for your own good he did all of this so you would never say to yourself i have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy remember my remember the lord your god he is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshipping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in the in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. So here in chapter 8, um, in verse 2, God often uses the hard times in life to teach us important lessons. Here we see that He had a twofold purpose in Israel's 40 years of wandering. First, the trials were brought upon Israel to humble them, God wanted them to learn who they really were in a relationship with Him. Second, the trials were given to test Israel, to demonstrate, that, to demonstrate what was really in their hearts. Sometimes God tests us in similar ways, pushing us to examine ourselves. We need to take advantage of the difficult times, using them as stepping stones toward progress. As we begin to experience spiritual growth, we need to remember to give credit where credit is due. We must be careful to give God the glory. We must not selfishly claim what belongs to God alone. For this leads us to a proud self-sufficiency that invariably results in a fall. Chapter 9, Victory by God's Grace Listen, O Israel, today you are about to cross the Jordan River to take over the land belonging to nations much greater and more powerful than you. They live in cities with walls that reach to the sky. The people are strong and tall, descendants of the famous Anakite giants. You've heard this saying who can't stop who can who can stand up to the Anakites But recognize today that the Lord your God is the one who will cross over ahead of you like a devouring fire to destroy them. He will subdue them so that you will quickly conquer them and drive them out just as the Lord has promised. After the Lord your God has done this for you, don't say in your hearts, The Lord has given us this land because we were such good people. No, it was because of the wickedness of the other nations that he is pushing them out of your way. It is not because you are so good or have such integrity that you are about to occupy their land. The Lord your God will drive these nations out ahead of you only because of their wickedness and to fulfill the oath he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You must recognize that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land because you are good, for you are not. You are a stubborn people. Remembering the gold calf. Remember and never forget how angry you made the Lord, your God, out of the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until now, you have been constantly rebelling against him. Even at Mount Sinai, you made the Lord so angry he was ready to destroy you. This happened when I was on the mountain, receiving the tablets of stone inscribed with the words of the covenant that the Lord had made with you. I was there for 40 days and 40 nights, and all the time I ate no food and drank no water. The Lord gave me the two tablets on which God had written with his own finger all the words he had spoken to you from the heart of the fire when you were assembled at the mountain. At the end of the 40 days and nights, the Lord handed me the two stone tablets inscribed with the words of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Get up. Go down immediately, for the people you brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted gold and made an idol for themselves. The Lord also said to me, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Leave me alone, so I may destroy them and erase their name from under heaven. Then I will. Make a mighty nation of your descendants, a nation larger and more powerful than they are. So while the mountain was blazing with fire, I turned and came down, holding in my hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. There below me, I could see that you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had melted gold and made a calf idol for yourselves. How quickly you had turned away from the path the Lord had commanded you to follow. So I took the stone tablets and threw them to the ground, smashing them before your eyes. Then, as before, I threw myself down before the Lord for forty days and nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of the great sin you had committed by doing that the Lord hated. Provoking him to anger, I feared that the Furious anger of the Lord, which turned him against you, would drive him to destroy you. But then but again he listened to me. The Lord was so angry with Aaron that he wanted to destroy him too. But I prayed for Aaron, and the Lord spared him. I took your sin, the calf you had made, and I melted it down in the fire and ground it into fine dust. Then I threw the dust into the stream that flows down the mountain. You also made the Lord angry at Taborah. Masa and Kibroth Hatava, and at Kadesh Barnea, the Lord sent you out with the command, Go up and take over the land I have given you. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to put your trust in Him or obey Him. Yes, you have been rebelling against the Lord as long as I have known you. That is why I threw myself down before the Lord for forty days and nights, for the Lord said He would destroy you. I prayed to the Lord, and said, O Sovereign Lord, do not destroy them. They are your own people, they are your special possession, whom you redeemed from Egypt by your mighty power and your strong hand. Please overlook the stubbornness and the awful sin of these people, and remember instead your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you destroy these people, the Egyptians will say the Israelites died because the Lord wasn't able to bring them to the land he had promised to give them. Or they might say he destroyed them because he hated them. He deliberately took them into the wilderness to slaughter them. But they are your people and your special possession whom you brought out of Egypt by your strength and powerful arm. So here in verse 9, sorry, chapter 9, verse 3. Um, this verse reminds us of the truth found in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? God went ahead of his people to guide them and prepare the way for them. He destroyed Israel's national enemies. In light of this, we too can be confident that God will go before us and give us victory. And in verse 18 through 19, Moses prayed to God, interceding for his people. In the process of spiritual growth, we will experience times of failure, but we must always remember that the intercession of God's people is vital to our progress. We need to build relationships of support that will result in this kind of intercession on our behalf. Chapter 10 A New Copy of the Covenant At that time, the Lord said to me, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first one. Also make a wooden ark, a sacred chest to store them in. Come up to me on the mountain. I will write on the tablets the same words that were on the ones you smashed. Then placed the tablets in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood and cut two stone tablets like the first two. Then I went up the mountain with the tablets in my hand. Once again, the Lord wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets and gave them to me. They were the same words the Lord had spoken to you from the heart of the fire on the day you were assembled at the foot of the mountain. Then I turned and came down the mountain and placed the tablets in the ark of the covenant, which I had made, just as the Lord Lord commanded me, and the tablets are still there in the ark. As for me, I stayed on the mountain in the Lord's presence for 40 days and nights, as I had done the first time. And once again, the Lord listened to my pleas and agreed not to destroy you. Then the Lord said to me, get up and resume the journey and lead the people in the land I swore to give to their ancestors, so they may take possession of it. A call to love and obedience. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases Him, and love Him and serve Him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belongs to the Lord your God. Yet the Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love. And he chose you, their descendants, above all other nations, as is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you, too, must show love to foreigners. For for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and worship Him and cling to Him. Your oaths must be in the name in His name alone. He alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of your praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. When your ancestors went down into Egypt, there were only 70 of them, but now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. Here in chapter uh, 10, in in the very first verse, the first stone tablets containing the law had been completely destroyed because of the people's rebellion. How encouraging to see that God instructed Moses to bring new ones so he could rewrite his instructions to the people. No matter how great our failures, God still reaches out to us. God always gives humble people a chance to start again. But remember, the characteristic of God should be appreciated, not presumed upon. God's pattern for holy living begins with a proper relationship with Him. Growing out of that relationship, which is defined by humble listening, is a proper lifestyle. Notice that obedience to God's laws is for the good of the person who obeys. And lastly, in verse 16, it is so easy to allow circumstances to harden our hearts. It's natural for us to respond to difficulties with stubbornness and rebellion. But here we are asked to repent of our stubborn ways and keep our ears open to God. God desires to communicate with us. We need to listen and then follow through. So today, Moses continues his speech to the new new generation of Israelites. Before they enter the promised land, the wilderness was a test to refine them. And the promised land will be a test too. It's not a place where they can kick back and do whatever they want. They won't retain the land unless they respond to God's covenant promised by worshiping him alone. The land is a step in God's process to restore fallen humanity in relationship with him. He knows how this step will turn out. He's not testing them for his sake. He's testing them for their sake. This generation had to endure the wilderness as a result of their parents' sin, but they haven't encountered their own consequences yet. For them, the 38 years were discipline and training, learning how to endure hardship and trust God. The distinction between punishment and discipline is important. We'll be disciplined by Him, but we'll never see His wrath or punishment. Never. Never. Jesus absorbed it all on the cross. We deserve punishment, but Christ took what we deserve and gave us what we can never earn, eternal love and adoption into God's family forever. Yesterday Moses warned against one of one kind of wrong thinking, and he warns against two more today. First, he says, Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hands have gotten me this wealth. This is a warning against pride in their own efforts. In his third warning, he says, Do not say in your heart, After the Lord your God has thrust them out before you. It is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. This warning is also against pride specifically in their own righteousness. Yesterday he warned against fear and today he warns twice against pride. Pride makes us forget God just as much as fear does. In a society that builds us up and tells us we deserve whatever we want, we do well to heed these warnings. Both kinds of wrong thinking, fear and pride are rooted in forgetting God and fixing our eyes on ourselves or our enemies. We fight these lies by remembering who God is and what he has done. God doesn't give them land because they're righteous, but because the other nations are unrighteous. We can't earn his blessings. They are a gift, freely given to the undeserving. This is both humbling and comforting. We can stop striving for his approval because it's been granted for us in Christ. God blesses us because of his goodness, not ours. In fact, right after Moses warns them against thinking, it's because of their goodness. He gives them a lengthy reminder of exactly how not good they really are by going over five stories of their rebellion in the wilderness. God doesn't just want their obedience, though. He wants their affection and relationship. Moses reminds them that God's rules aren't about diminishing their joy and freedom, but about increasing it. Moses uses a peculiar turn of phrase when describing how all this plays out. In chapter 10, verse 16, he says, circumcise your heart. Circumcision serves as a physical sign of the covenant between them. But the word heart indicates a full transformation and commitment, spiritual, emotional, and mental. One way they can show the love they've received from God is by caring for those who have no physical land or inheritance. Their unique nation-state community is to care for the vulnerable. God made this same kind of provision for the Levites, who also have no land inheritance. He's attentive and thoughtful toward everyone. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it, Yet the Lord set his heart and love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples. Deuteronomy 10 verses 14 through 15. God owns everything, yet he set his heart on us. Not only is it not because of any good works or righteousness, but it's despite the fact that we lack those things. That kind of love is magnetic. If we remember who we are and who he is, we can't help but be drawn to him. He's where the joy is. Alright, that does it for our reading today and I want to leave you all off with a daily devotional for today. Every time you affirm your trust in me, you put a coin into my treasury. Thus you build up equity in preparation for days of trouble. I keep safely in my heart all trust invested in me, with interest compounded continuously. The more you trust me, the more I empower you to do so. Practice trusting me during quiet days when nothing much seems to be happening. Then when storms come, your trust balance will be sufficient to set you through, to see you through. Store up yourself store up for yourself treasure in heaven through placing your trust in me. This practice will keep you in my peace. Amen. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. I hope you all have a great day. And God bless each and every one.